the sisterhood of the bottomless mimosa. Go. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to the sisterhood of the bottomless mimosa. I'm CJ. And I'm Melissa. And y'all are a bunch of baby back. No, just kidding. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Baby back, beautiful listeners. I like it. BB. BBLs. BBBLs. (laughs) That's a lot of Bs. Yeah, it is. Uh, Welcome back, guys. This is episode 12. Oh my God, just like the disciples of Jesus Christ. That was very ironic due to my woman today. (gasps) Okay. I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) You must have had a premonition. I guess. Yeah, I don't know why my mind went there. There are so many things in this world that come in 12s. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You had a premonition. Like that's hilarious. A dozen donuts. I don't know. Could have been twelve pack of beer, right? Some other twelve things. Twelve days of Christmas. <laughs> Back to Jesus but again. We'll, we'll just we'll just stick with the disciples of Christ. <laughs> I like that. Okay, great. Uh, are you drinking? I on am this episode? drinking. Okay, I once again am on ice, so I will let you take it away. Okay, cool. So I am drinking Dark Horse, mm. a big red blend, blend number 33.1. Um, I've been on like a strange red wine kick for a couple of weeks, which is not normal for me. I think because we're like teetering into fall, mm-hmm. I'm like able to bust out the red now. Mm-hmm. I, like I was it. just very like Sauvignon Blanc and fruity beers all summer. So now that we're like getting into flannel wear and leggings, I'm like, I think I'm going to start drinking red wine because I'm a basic ass bitch. You're sophisticated. I'm so sophisticated. And it's so funny because I had just posted a picture of this on my Instagram yesterday. Well, it was more shouting out my new succulent that I bought, but I had um, this bottle next to the small remainder of red that I had from last week, which was the um five hands with the horses on it and i'm like mm-hmm. fuck i'm like on a hardcore horse theme too <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> like that's so random that i have two bottles in my house and they're both horse themed red wines uh, that is kind of rad isn't that know. weird <laughs> and then walter bradley commented on my picture and was like did you ever notice that there's a wine bottle on the horse's face oh no me either i've never seen that oh my god my mind is blown right now i can't not see it though i know like i can never reverse that visual now that i've seen it walter bradley you changed our lives (laughs) but prior to him saying that because like i've seen dark horses like everywhere and i've never ever ever once looked at this label and seen that wine bot wine glass in the horse face same but now it's just so fucking obviously there that i'm like how have i not seen it right 
it's like one of those mind fuck things yeah like it's that like, picture of like the old lady and the young lady's faces intertwined or like all those stupid memes of like what color is this dress okay don't get me started on that <laughs> I still don't. I just think everyone is trolling me when I just. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, super strange. I've been tripping off of it since last night. I can't get over the wine glass and the horse face. I love and it. And I, I, I don't know if like I'm happy that I'm aware of this now or if I'm just like fucked up now because I have this newfound information. Also, side note: there is a raging beast of a dog that has been barking. Boopy. So if you hear that, I apologize. Is that one of your neighbors? Can you have dogs at your place? It's the neighbor next door neighbor. They have like a big backyard, um. and they have a big giant dog who apparently is out there by himself, just barking at the sky. He's trying to say like, "Well, I love your show. I love your podcast." <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying. It's our biggest fan. He hears my, us record. My biggest fan. <laughs> um but yeah back to the wine it's bomb i've been on this red kick for like a week i'm super into it it's just like another really easy mellow red blend cool that you can enjoy in a very ridiculous mason jar like i always am drinking i love it it's trendy is that one of your um birthday present wines no and it's it i it's only because I was like, I went to my friend's house on Friday straight from work to go drink lots of wine with her, and I forgot to bring one of my bottles, so I had to pick one up. Mm. And I only got through half the bottle before she sent me packing. For sure. So, okay. finishing it off. It's pretty nice. good, though. I'm into it. It's an easy, easy wine to drink if you're looking for something mellow. All right. Okay. What about you? You're on the coffee hype? I'm on the coffee hype. I will be for a while. We'll see. I need to get my body in a good space for the next few weeks. How, what's the countdown on the uh, triathlon or whatever it's called? <laughs> the long ass bike ride um, is the technical term. Uh, I'm looking over at the today is the 23rd, like three weeks. Ooh. <laughs> Melissa is extremely confident that I can complete this ride. She's been nothing. <laughs> but supportive and such a fucking naysaying Virgo but it's cool I mean you should be worried I'm worried so but I already raised I think like 375 bucks um so I was like I had to raise at least 300 to participate I'm hoping to raise even more um so even if (laughs) even if I don't survive it still will have all been for a good cause wait you raised how much 300 and something 375 as of this morning nice yeah so i'm still hoping to i'm gonna hit up some more people and bug them until they donate so i'm hoping to get to like 600 and we'll see we'll see how it goes how cool that's exciting yeah i mean the bright side is that if i do survive i'll be super pumped and feel like a badass so and if you don't survive at least you went down for a good cause right Right. And then I'll you just... Might, like, it's a good thing that you work from home now, because when you get done with this, you're going to be immobile. I know. 
you're gonna be like bedridden i'm going to book a massage somewhere i want to book something at the other end of the so i could see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah (laughs) you should have like a reward for yourself like if i finish this this is what i'm pampering myself with yeah deep ass tissue massage all upon my butts and hips gnarly yeah all right should we get into it get into it okay because i've been waiting my whole life for this one night so are, are we announcing that there's another theme today yes uh so What's we just theme <laughs> dusty bitches <laughs> <laughs> so after last week's villainous episode and in the episode we had talked about doing themed episodes and I had already picked someone for this week who was way back in history. And so I told Melissa and we decided we were going to do an old ass bitches episode. <laughs> All right. So like women it. from way back. Um, and if you listen to last week's episode, at the very, very end, when I was giving a shout out to my woman of the week, my friend Taryn, I was talking about how I am suddenly on this ancient Egypt bench and how that is my new jam as of 10 days ago. And I was watching this amazing documentary that is called Egypt's Lost Queens. And you can find it on YouTube. It's um, led and narrated by this Egyptologist named Joanne Fletcher, who is literally a vision of my future. She's she's called an Egyptologist. That's what they're called. That's, that's the, a real thing. That's a thing. Egyptologist and Egyptology. Okay. Yeah, like all those nerds who are like, oh, I love Tutankhamun. In grade school, they go off and they become Egyptologists. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. So she's an Egyptologist from, I think, Scotland or Northern England. She's got a very thick accent, bright red hair, so much sass. And she's just probably in her 50s. And she just walks around Egypt in all black with a black umbrella, like just getting her whole life. So you guys should really check it out. Egypt's Lost Queens. You can watch it on YouTube. Joanne Fletcher is my boo thing. That's amazing. At any rate... In this episode, she was talking about this particular woman from ancient Egypt. And as I started looking into her story, I was like, oh, my God, I have to fucking share this on the podcast because there's some real shit in here. Her name was Hatshepsut, and she was one of the very few female pharaohs of ancient Egypt. So she was born in 1505 bc so we're talking 3500 years ago just like a really long time ago guys and she was probably pharaoh of egypt from 1478 to 1458 bc but it depends on which egyptologist you ask and it's really hard to say because this was 3500 years ago but it seems that according to hieroglyphs that's when she reigned in egypt's 18th dynasty she is depending on who you ask either the second or third historically confirmed female pharaoh so literally could have been even more before her but again it's really hard to freaking know uh, but she is generally regarded by historians and Egyptologists as one of Egypt's most successful pharaohs. Because women do it better. Um, and her entire history was almost erased. And that is why I chose her. So she was basically in 1822 when they decoded the hieroglyphs. 
uh, Champollion, who is this French dude, French Egyptologist, who had to code to the hieroglyphs, he went to this tomb in Thebes, which is like the spiritual city of ancient Egypt, and he kept seeing these two cartouches, or like the basically like royal seals, and there was one that kept referring to a king named Hatshepsut, but nobody could find any other record of this person because her fucking successor tried to erase her from history and literally had like pictures of her destroyed from her monuments and all kinds of bullshit but was her um, successor a man or a woman oh a man oh okay yeah yeah exactly and it was her stepson so we're gonna get into that just now so she is the daughter of king tutmos the first so she comes from royalty he had so apparently in ancient egypt you had like your primary wife and then you had a bunch of secondary wives as pharaoh so his primary wife couldn't give him a son so his secondary wife became son when he died or his secondary wife his secondary wife had a son who became king when he died and uh so Hatshepsut married her half-brother when she was 12 years old oh 12 yeah and like her (laughs) half-brother really really fun shit um she had one daughter by this husband and half-brother but she was not able to bear him any more children so he also had a son with a secondary wife Tutmos the third and like two years after that he had a son he died so his son is like two years old and he's too young to reign so Hatshepsut as the queen and stepmother takes over for him gets really into it and decides fuck this I'm becoming full-on pharaoh of Egypt and I don't give a fuck and her so her father was like this amazing ruler he was like a great military leader did all this building was well regarded as a pharaoh and her husband was basically a baby back bitch like in this documentary that i was watching about him they were like he was very feeble and slight of build never did anything <laughs> I was like, oh fuck damn like mummy shade but she so basically she comes from this father who's like this badass dude and then she marries his loser ass husband so when she finally gets the chance to rule she's like i'm gonna rock this like nobody's business so egypt had seen other female rulers but it wasn't very common so she knew that her her status was going to be really precarious and controversial so she basically waged this like propaganda campaign she started dressing like a pharaoh which included a fake strap on beard and like the full yeah even though she was a woman and like the full on um head cloth and then the kilt that they wear so she was dressed like them but she was not trying to pretend she wasn't a woman um and in every single or in most of the images that she had made of her they depict her as wearing all these man's clothes and apparently in some of them they even make her look hella swole like super masculine and muscular and shit yeah so because she had to like she had to she had to protect her shit so she had to come off as being like very manly and like able to rule this country that usually had male rulers she also constantly pointed to her royal lineage as like hey i have the right to be here and actually her funerary temple which still stands and is regarded as one of the most amazing structures in egypt is just full of images that she hand selected that basically talk about how badass she was and how she had the right to be pharaoh so she was just like out there making sure people knew what was up she was a marketer girl she knew how to market we need her working on our podcast shit (laughs) so 
as Pharaoh, she so she's most famous for building a bunch of stuff, basically. So this is post-pyramid. So the pyramids were like four or 5,000 years ago. Then there was like this dark age in Egypt. And then right around the time she was ruler, they were coming out of that. And so she really kicked off on the building phase again. And it's partially why people still talk, to, talk about her as one of the most successful pharaohs. Uh, the funerary temple that I mentioned, I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, is at Dur el Bakri. And it's super, it's super gorgeous. It's like all of these um, really straight lines and like columns, almost looks like Greek in some ways. Don't get mad, Egyptians. And it's right against this mountain. So it just like really stands out. It's almost in pristine condition. It's still together. Um, and like I said, it's regarded as one of the most architecturally beautiful wonders of ancient Egypt. Um, she also built the top or had built like this girl wasn't out here building her own temples let me rephrase (laughs) she had the tallest obelisk in egypt's history obelisk obelisk in egypt's history uh and while her reign was like pretty much peaceful and prosperous it's actually documented that she led at least two military campaigns into nubia which is now sedan which was their long-standing enemy as in like she rode out onto the battlefield and was like on the front lines leading her troops dang yeah so she was out there doing her thing Uh, Another great achievement of her reign was a trading expedition to the land of Punt, which no one really knows where that is now, but it's somewhere in North Africa. They're not sure which country it is. That brought back huge riches, including ivory, ebony, gold, leopard skins, and frankincense and myrrh, which, like, why did everybody love that shit? Speaking of Jesus. (laughs) I have no idea, but I had a frankincense tea at like a yoga retreat that i did and it was literally like liquid poison oh really it It was just disgusting horrendous why were they serving it does it do something frankincense is like still raging in like the holistic world (laughs) and like the spiritual healing world they're all about it like six thousand years strong yeah (laughs) and so we drank this freight it was like frankincense that had been marinating in some type of a um, milk with like another herb i don't remember but it was bad like it was bad like no everybody every single one of us was like we can't drink this like oh my god did it get you like fucked up or something no and it was served in just like a little itty bitty tea almost like a shot glass um just the flavor is putrid it's just not something like you have to do like mind over matter like it's not enjoyable oh yeah it's really horrible gross well i read that i think it was myrrh not the frankincense that she when they brought that back to hatshepsut she was the first person to turn that into like coal eyeliner so you know the egyptians be rocking the eyeliner she didn't like start that trend but she was the first person to use the the coal which is what they did moving forward interesting yeah fucking trendsetter she's basically like the jackie o of ancient egypt you know what i mean but like if jackie o was president this is gonna be a little bit short just because there's not a ton of info on her life because she died a bajillion years ago but she probably died around 1458 bc which would have put her in her mid 40s depending on who you ask uh, she actually had her father un- like uh, dug up and reburied with her in her tomb just to like drive home to whoever was going to find her body that she was a pharaoh. Oh. Yeah. But uh, her stepson, after she passes away, so the Third, at that point, he's like 20-something. He becomes pharaoh. 
And he is actually supposed to be one of like a great pharaoh, like crazy military leader, wasn't the basic baby back bitch that his father was. But for some reason, like we're not sure why, probably just because men have been dusty ass dicks since the beginning of time, like 20 or 30 years into his reign, he starts eliminating her from history. He starts taking her off all her temples, like erasing her name from hieroglyphs, like basically trying to just stamp out the fact that this woman was pharaoh of Egypt for 20 plus years. That's insane. Is that some bullshit? After she, like, held the country together for his ass so he could just take it over and then, ugh, fucking dicks. But for some reason, he didn't do it right away. So that also made me wonder, okay, well, this is a good segue. So she had this guy who was her daughter. She had a daughter, and his name was, his. this guy's name was San Mut, and he was her daughter's tutor. And he was just, like, this commoner who could read and write and ended up becoming her secondhand man. And a lot of sources speculate that they were banging it out and that he was her side slice. Like, she literally gave him one of her old, um, like, when she was queen, because the ancient Egyptians are all about the afterlife. When she was a queen, she had her, why can't I think of, like, casket, but that's not what they call him. Um, tomb? Tomb, I guess? Is that the small? Yeah. So she gave that to him, which was, like, not something that a pharaoh would do for a commoner. But I like the idea that they weren't lovers, but that he was just like her gay best friend, like her gay BFF, because he was a bachelor for life. And I was like, and so people are like, so he probably was banging it out with her. I'm like, or he was just gay. And that was like her girlfriend. It was just like (laughs) probably the person who put the eyeliner on her in the first place. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's kind of her story and because she was erased from those hieroglyphs they didn't really know about her until like the early 1900s and they found um her so they found a sarcophagus of hers that was empty in 1903 and they thought that because a lot of these mummies were stolen and never found from grave robbers and shit. But in 2005, so over 100 years later, archaeologists launched a new search for her mummy and they found it in 2007. It's now housed in the Egyptian Museum in Cairo. And one day, now that I'm obsessed with ancient Egypt, Egypt is top of my list and I hope to go there and I'll be like, hey girl, I wish you to it, girl. So now I have a question. So now that you're like a professional Egyptologist. I am. Mm -hmm. Um... Can you do? You, can you like summarize again? Because I'm blanking. Why they would mu- mummy the dead? So, because I am a scholar. So what I heard in Miss Joanna Fletcher's documentary is that at first, back in the day, it started as just economical grave. Um, packing like basically if you mummified them you could it's kind of gross but you could like compact them more than a skeleton a dry skeleton and so you could fit more bodies in a plot of land okay so they think that it actually just kind of happened accidentally but as time went on it somehow became a tradition and it took on spiritual significance so why are there grave snatchers well so this is what i don't get because well a lot of them are buried with gold and treasure and shit and word obviously you're gonna steal that but why would you steal a mummy because out of context it has no value if i was just like here i have this mummified body do you want it it's 
like Nefertari. I'd be like, how do you know that? Like, you're just handing me a dead body. I don't know. You know what I mean? So that part, I don't know how that works, but yeah. And also I think too, just, you know, those bodies have been there for like thousands of years when they get discovered. Like it could have been just like people desecrating it or just, I mean, mean, like I'm trying to imagine just like teenagers in Egypt were probably just as big as dickheads as we were. (laughs) Like doing dumb shit, like digging up graves. (laughs) I'm just saying. Who knows? That is so disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, they would keep the heart in the mummies because they thought the heart was like the seat of the soul. So everything else basically got taken out, but they kept that in. Fun fact. So one more thing, too, just about how much men are terrible. Um, When people first started reading about her and the hieroglyphs and figured out who this guy Sanmut was and how close they were, some like old ass dusty old white egyptologist guys tried to be like oh basically he was like her puppeteer like she was pharaoh but he was behind the scenes making it uh, making it work I'm like shut up like First why are you all, so yeah, jealous right. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like, like you can dream right right since when has that ever whenever has a woman achieved great things and people were like actually it was the man who did the whole thing not ever not once because it's not true like you couldn't even pretend like we all know that that there's no way in hell that is even a real statement no no i think that's it that's short because there's not you know this was a really long time ago i know it's okay mine's short too but i thought she was a good pick not just because she was a pharaoh but just because of that idea of her being erased from history because men have baby egos and didn't want that to be part of the history um what was her name again hot chips i like that right it's got attitude (laughs) it means wait i wrote down what it means it means foremost of the noble women hot chips it hot chips it yeah it almost sounds like you're saying like hot chips sup (laughs) hot chips sup hot chips (laughs) sup so my woman of the week is joanne fletcher the woman who has the documentary i was talking about again fucking vision of my future you should check it out she's actually really fun because so many of these documentaries from egypt are so boring they're like hi i'm from england look we found a stone like okay cool dude but she's really animated and really really dramatic and gives a lot of face i looked her up she's a fucking leo so there you go there you go and uh on a virgo cusp though so that's why she's also an academic Mm -hmm. and her doctoral thesis is titled or was titled ancient egyptian hair a study in style form and function oh wow (laughs) she literally wrote her phd thesis on egyptian hairstyles that's like something i'd do (laughs) isn't that amazing uh and she may or may not have found nefertiti's mummy depending on who you ask apparently there's a lot of fights that happen in this egyptology community that we didn't know existed (laughs) (laughs) they're like hardcore beefing with each other yeah about like whose tomb belongs to who and if this mummy really is this person yeah drama in the egyptology community y'all drama (laughs) 
big ass drama that's amazing i know i'm that's partially why i'm obsessed with that is partially why i'm obsessed with ancient egypt is why other people are obsessed with it yeah why you know what i mean what other what other culture is studied like that at a phd level there's just something about it that that gets people obsessed and i'm kind of obsessed by that but then at the end of the day too here's my deep thought before i wrap up it's like yeah they were so mysterious and cool and way fashionable but at the end of the day they were just like afraid to die you know what i mean like they were just building this whole tradition around the afterlife and it just made me think how different we are from them but also not you know just using religion and the afterlife as a centering part of life and i I don't know i just kind of i think we find them so fascinating because we think they're so different but i see so much similarity you know what i mean yeah hashtag deep so deep (laughs) that like creeps me out the whole thought that like our actual physical life isn't really our life it's like the the precursor until like afterlife where we are actually living i just love because you're like this freaks me out and i'm thinking about the fact that you're an earth sign and i'm over here as an aries sign i'm like i can't fucking wait like what is it gonna be like I like my life. I mean, life is pretty de- pretty dope. Yeah, I'll figure. I'll, I'll find out later. I don't need to know right now. We're yeah, good. I'm I'm good, good off that. Yeah, for sure. But. Um, are we able to guess zodiac signs for this old ass beach? I mean, her birth date is not recorded because I don't even think they had calendars then. But I think we can speculate. God, I have no idea. Maybe like a Libra or something. I, my first guess, just because she obviously was ambitious, was going to be Capricorn. Yeah. Or Leo, because I feel like she was feisty. Yeah. Who knows? I know. Or maybe they had a whole Egyptian astrology, and she defies... All of this? Yeah. She's like that... What was that, like, extra Zodiac sign they tried to make up a couple years ago? Oh, oh I forget. It was, like, Orpheus. It was something weird like that. I can't remember. I'm kind of into it. I think it we should do it. fucked us all up. We were like, <laughs> no! We were all just like... Everybody was like, no. <laughs> like, I refuse to be anything but a Virgo. I can't recalculate this. It's too late. <laughs> Way too late. So that's Hat Chip Set. Hat Chip Set! <laughs> I love that name. It's pretty dope. She sounds like a badass. Thanks for bringing her to the cast episode. Yeah, check her out, guys. Check out that. Check out Joanne Fletcher. She's my main. So I have to go to YouTube to see Joanne Fletcher. Yeah, yeah, that's the only place I know. She's fun, dude. You would actually love her. I think she's fun. How long are the documentaries? Um, the Queen, the Queens of Egypt one, I think, is like forty-five minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, and then she has a three-part series of just ancient Egypt in general, and each one is like forty-five minutes or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's my girl. All right, that's my I girl. Who is your Jesus woman? Well, it's funny you say that because (laughs) um this should not be a surprise to you considering we have the same book of women that i've been we've been picking off of Mm -hmm. um so today my dusty ass bitch goes by the name of lilith 
Yes. The lesser known first wife of Adam, who was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Woo woo. Get out the way, Eve. (laughs) So I want to start off by saying that I am not religious. I don't know anything about the Bible. So there's a chance that some of the things that come out of my mouth could be challenged by people that are religious and care about the Bible. So just know in advance, I apologize if I'm fucking up all my facts and statistics. There goes our Christian single fan base. <laughs> God damn it, Melissa! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> um... And again, my story goes back literally from the day the earth was created. So um, a lot of this can be kind of like considered legend. So yeah, don't don't get too hyphy on me and like send some type of email about how Genesis this and that. So, um, <laughs> so to like... We kind of have to go back a little bit further before I can even talk about Eve, or I'm sorry, Lilith, uh, to kind of describe the discrepancies that have gone down in terms of, like, this original story of how Earth was created, because there were two different stories that were told, and they contradict each other. And the Bible basically decided, you know not just the bible also other like the torah and other different religious scripts kind of were like oh fuck we have these two stories that were written and they contradict each other what should we do and so there's been like a lot of filtering over the years of what should be kept what should be kind of tweaked in order to kind of stay in alignment with our human morals so i think that's important to note prior to even getting into lilith so i'll talk about that first and then i'll go into who lilith was and um kind of talk about her adam and eve so the book of genesis is the chapter in the bible that talks about the creation of earth and there's two different there's two different stories that are in the book of Genesis. The first one is known as the priestly version, and it appears in Genesis chapter one, whatever. And in this story, God, it's it's basically said that God creates man and woman simultaneously, where the second story, which is known as the Yahwistic version, is found in Genesis two. And that tells the story that we're most familiar with, where like God created Adam and then he put him in the Garden of Eden and then Adam got bored. And so God created a companion for Adam. And at first he like tossed him some animals and those were entertaining enough. And so he took a piece of rib out of Adam's body while he was sleeping and he used that rib to create Eve. And so when Adam woke up and he sees Eve next to him, he recognizes her as part of himself and he accepts her as his companion. So like that's the story that most people in society know. Can we give a shout out to Adam, the original baby back bitch? (laughs) Yo, Adam! These animals aren't cute enough. I want something else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh 
my god uh. so yeah so the, those are the two stories that are written in different parts of genesis and so like not surprisingly the ancient like rabbis or whoever were like what the fuck like there's two t- contradictory versions of the creation in the book of genesis like what should we do so in the one version they refer to adam's first wife as quote first eve (laughs) but because adam was displeased with her god replaced her with quote second eve who met adam's needs where the other version describes the creation of a androgen a creature that was both male and female that was split into a man and a woman so it's just two different versions and they were basically like well which one should we keep (laughs) and it's no surprise that they wanted to keep the one where it's first came man second came woman Mm -hmm. rather than first came a creature that was then split into two different genders Mm -hmm. so to speak so um even though like the tradition of there being two eves appears early on lilith as like a character in this story was not actually like brought into light until the medieval time period so way 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 later after the jesus's days did people dig up lilith somehow and so Lilith is said to have actually been the very first war- woman in the entire world to ever exist, and that she was created by God at the exact same time that Adam was created. What? <laughs> Not brought on later as his little entertainment side piece. Mm-hmm. So um, legend has it that the couple fought all of the time and they didn't see eye to eye on the matters of sex because adam always wanted to be bone in missionary style on top and lilith was like bitch get down i'm riding yo d i want to be on top too and so they argued because she also wanted to be in a dominant position during like sexual intercourse and he was like hell no like you belong on the bottom like i'm on the top that's the way it's gonna be and they didn't agree and so lilith was like well i'm out bitch and like bounced from the garden of eden and like on her way out she apparently like talked all this garbage to god like up in the sky (laughs) yes and then like flew out of the garden of eden and like left adam alone on his own (laughs) the first breakup (laughs) over that d too (laughs) so god got pissed and he sent three angels after her and commanded them to bring her back to her husband um and if she wouldn't come willingly then they would have to do it by force and so the angels went out and they found her like dancing around the red sea and she refused to come back and for whatever reason they were just like okay well like fuck it we're not gonna make you come back and so lilith was just like gone and after that happened she was like officially banished and rejected from the garden of eden by god and it was mainly because she was seen to be like stronger rebellious and intelligent and would not obey the commands of god or adam or angels yes. so like bitch you ain't coming back ever now she doesn't even want to come back right 
So because there was only supposed to be like two real people that existed at this time period, it was suggested that like anybody who was outside of the Garden of Eden was just like a straight up demon. Like there was no, no other humans other than Adam and Lilith and then all these demons that like were outside the Garden of Eden. So when she left the Garden of Eden, they basically were like, all right, well, you're just like running into the hands of the devil then. Like we can't, you can't be trusted. Like we don't, you're, you're done. You're cut from the fucking humanity team. And it turned out that she ended up shacking up with some outsider who is known by the name of Archangel Samuel. And I don't know who that fool is, but um, she shacked up with him and they considered him a demon and she ended up having his kids. So Lilith was not mentioned in the Bible because she went against the tradition of the church and that women must obey a man and that women were in a lower position than men. And um, after Lilith was like cursed by God... God then realized that Adam was all alone again and he needed another companion. So this time, in order to ensure that his companion would be obedient, he took one of Adam's own ribs and created created Eve. So they like the idea was that like in order to make sure that your next wife will like listen to you and follow your rules, we're just gonna like build her out of you. So that she can't, like, be an individual, basically. She's, like, right. a second hybrid to, like, who you are. Whatever. So, it, Eve was the second wife of Adam. And in the Bible, it was said that, um, obviously, she was the one behind the sin of the forbidden fruit. And that Adam was said to have lived with Eve without any issues until they both got banished from the Garden of Eden for eating the fruit. And this was when the humanity and permanent sin began. So That's what you get. Well, like, here's my thing. So Lilith was, like, considered to be this crazy bitch. And so they, like, banished her. And they created this, like, second wife who was supposed to be, like, the good one. But then what? She goes and fucking eats some fruit and fucks everything up, too? Like, I don't get it. Right. Like, does there always have to be, like, a negative associated with the woman? Like, I'm confused. Yeah, I guess so. Like, why why couldn't they just keep Eve as the good one? girl you already know (laughs) so throughout history religions have established that there has not been any type of equality between female and male religious figures so therefore lilith had to be censored from the bible because she gave the idea that like female empowerment existed and that like 100 percent went against the grain of the what religion you know tried to create the right. type of inequality they tried to create. So, um, because Lilith was the first woman to exist and she was more intelligent and rebellious and had better character than man, she was punished and censored from all of the scripts moving forward. She 
has since been only represented as a demon in many religious texts and is still never mentioned in the Bible. She was an assertive wife who rebelled against God and husband, and who was replaced by another woman and was demonized in Jewish folklore. She is often envisioned as a dangerous demon of the night who is sex crazed and who steals babies in the darkness. Yes, my dream queen. Later legends also characterized her as a beautiful woman who seduces men or copulated with them in their sleep and then spawns demon children. <gasps> like that movie Species from the 90s. Did you ever see that? No. It, instead of a demon, she's an alien. And she's just like this naked hot blonde girl and she has sex with these men and then has alien babies. <laughs> It's probably based on this. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and then according to some counts, Lilith is called the queen of the demons. <laughs> Damn. And that, that sums up the Lilith story. I love it. I had never heard of her until you got me that book. Um, and I just love the idea that there was another before Eve. Well, you know what else? Have you... I'm going to ask you a question that I already know the answer to. Have you seen True Blood? I actually... I've... Not really. I've seen scenes from it. It's not really my thing. Okay. Well, so I never finished the series, but like several seasons in, a Lilith comes into the story Mm. and she... uh, is associated with I don't even remember that main fool's name the main vampire guy but anyway he like gets with Lilith and she turns him into this like crazy demon vampire and like that was the first thing I thought of was that that is absolutely a display of this yeah like and her name was Lilith in fucking true blood and she's like is this beautiful woman who has like these big boobs and like big brunette hair and she's gorgeous but she's like evil and she like you know obviously whatever that vampire's name is was attracted to her and followed her around and then she cursed him and it's just like holy shit to think that fucking Lilith is still being demonized in like modern day television yeah like yeah. what the fuck like how did you make it all these years and you're still you're in fucking true blood lilith like what the hell <laughs> like that's fucked up right that's fucked up a girl can't get a break ever but then that, that just brings me back to the eve thing again like what was the deal with needing to like make eve this person who got seduced by the snake and right. she did something she wasn't supposed to do and now because of that all of humanity forever of existence of time is now immediately cursed with sin right and like adam didn't do anything wrong it was all but, her fault but why did they have to create that story after like knowing that the original story was fucked up too like i don't get it either way i thought the whole point of like replacing lilith was to like get this better version into the story maybe it's because lilith lilith's story is more because the eve story is like she was seduced by satan kind of right the snake is like eat this apple and she does whereas lilith just was doing what she wanted and she didn't need satan to seduce her maybe that's why okay basically lilith was cooler 
Well, like, because Lilith also didn't apologize for her actions. Exactly. Where I think, like, Eve probably was like, oh, no, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't banish me from the Garden of Eden. I thought snakes could talk. I was stupid. <laughs> also, like, get better security at the Garden of Eden. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, why is Satan in there? <laughs> Right? Like, come on, God, you had one job. <laughs> Protect the fucking Garden of Eden. <laughs> oh my God, so many people we just pissed off. <laughs> well, again, I am not a religious person. Everybody else in the world is welcome to attend church and do all the fucking things they want to do. That just isn't my lifestyle. Mm-mm. Um,. And may I also add that I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to senior year of high school. Did you really? I did. And that's I can't out of control. Tell you one single thing that stayed in my brain or resonated. Yeah, didn't you have did you have to go to mass every day? Not every day. We did go to mass every now and then. And I remember like always having extreme anxiety over like what disgusting boy's hand I'd have to hold during like the hand holding part of mass. I was like horrified by that. And then I remember also, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I was talking to somebody about this recently. So hopefully it wasn't on the podcast. Um, But I remember in third grade, it might have been, it could have been second, could have been fourth. I don't remember exactly, but being told okay class everybody line up we're heading off to the church so that you can partake in your first confession to the priest and i'm like huh and like as a whatever age seven eight i don't know we had to all go into the confession booth with the priest and confess our sins what did you like what do you say i don't know and i remember like standing in line and like all nervous and being like oh my god oh my god like i'm up next what am i gonna say what am i supposed to say and i just like made up a bunch of shit (laughs) you just lied to the priest yeah i just had to like lie to the priest because i felt like i I had to say something (laughs) you're like i had sex with my neighbor's wife like what the fuck i probably said some shit like i was i yelled at my brother like you know like something like that and i but i remember that's like my first biggest religious experience where i remember feeling really bad about myself oh yeah and like i like you're you're too fucking young to be like pressured into some type of religious experience that leaves you walking away feeling guilty and shitty like fuck you yeah i mean that's a pretty core tenet of catholicism is to just feel shitty about your religion i know but like i like just even as an adult to remember that experience so well and how like what a bad taste it put in my mouth like there's no fucking shock why i hightailed it out of catholic school as quickly as i could ran out to san francisco went fucking crazy like what do you think yeah that's like that's way too intense for little kids it's fucked up i mean i ain't about that life if i end up reproducing like you better damn well believe my children are not going to fucking confession like i just think you're too young to even understand it i just yeah that's just weird that's awkward but i'm a little bit jealous because i've always wanted to go to a confessional really but as an adult you should go in as an adult and just say all kinds of crazy shit i I mean all i'd have to say was the truth i'd be like hold on (laughs) how much time do you have you're like 
let me pull out my scroll and it's like santa's like list like rolls out of the confession booth here's everything from my life so far how much time do you have please should i come back later yeah i'm gonna do it this is such a Catholic city. New Orleans is super Catholic. Well, so, so. Then there's two ways that you can do it. You can go face-to-face or you go behind that little screen. Ew, you can do it face-to-face? What did you do? As little kids, they made us go face-to-face. Oh, my God. Yeah, but then as I got older, I started... Because I, I had to do this for the remainder of um, my life in, in school. I don't think... I think I refused in high school. Mm-hmm. But up until eighth grade, we had to do it. I don't remember how frequently, but I think as I got older in elementary, I refused to do face to face. And I also, I was such a little dick. I refused to eat the uh, whatever that stuff's called, the bread or whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't refuse to do that. I never went and got. Um, there's some other thing you're supposed to do. Confirmed. I was the only mm-hmm. one in my class that didn't get confirmed. Oh my god, you little I demon! Refused. I just I love I it. I knew. I swear to God, that first day when they made me go to confession, I like made a pact with myself and was like, "I ain't about this life, motherfuckers." Dang. Like you're not gonna let. Me, you're not gonna make me do shit. And then once I got older and had bigger balls, I just stopped. I stopped doing all of it. Word. Said yeah. hell no. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't. We were half raised Episcopalian and baptized Catholic, but then my mom was like, "Wait, I want a divorce." And the Episcopalians are like Catholicism light, Catholicism minus all the crazy tradition. And uh, we would only occasionally go. And I remember I hated Sunday school so much that I like begged my mom to take me into the church with her. I was like, I'll be quiet. I'll be good. Like I will sit through the boring ass hymns, but I can't because in Sunday school, it's just like, we love Jesus singing about how we love Jesus. And I was like, I don't fuck about Jesus. Like we don't, I'm four. I just want to go color. Like why are we doing this? And they were just overly happy in a way that I didn't trust. I was like, I don't trust you guys. Like this is kind of, I don't know. I, it's just never about that life, girl. Mm-mm. Yeah, Neither. we're heathens, guys. We're <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so I did some digging to try and figure out the day that Earth was created to find out <laughs> what... To find out what Lilith's zodiac sign would be. <laughs> and after several articles, I've just decided to settle on one for no real reason. Okay. But I have a date that technically earth was created (laughs) and so that would include lilith's birthday so do you have any guesses well my guess that i'm gonna stick by is aries how come well a because it's the beginning of the zodiac and she's the beginning of womanhood and b because she's such a fucking aries she's like i'm do what i want get out of my way and yeah. like getting mad and flipping off God on her way out of the garden. It's very Aries. <laughs> <laughs> so according to this one article that I settled on, and they had to do like a bunch of like refiguration based off of like apparently uh, one of those Roman gods. I can't even remember which one. Um, he like adjusted the calendar at some point in time when he was in rule and mm-hmm. then like there was some other count so there's been all these calendar adjustments and then they like took off a couple days added some more days on so this is all just based off of like the most ridiculous scientific breakdown of like time but this one fool 
who's like some uh jewish like fucking guy he's claiming that the earth became into existence on october 23rd can you ever make that claim but i love it which would make her a scorpio libra cusp a scorpio obviously i'm not going to co-sign that (laughs) i am not going to co-sign that the original female is a scorpio (laughs) i just won't i can't but adam what a fucking scorpio right (laughs) that is so random that people are like spending time trying to discern that is out of control okay so she's a scorpio potentially maybe Maybe. you never know that is so fun i love it dusty bitches dusty bitches this is like our shortest episode too it's still an hour (laughs) and it's still an hour oh we're not going to be recording we're not going to have an episode out next week we're taking a break yes we're taking another weekend off because i didn't get enough fried eggs or booty claps in the last time i was in the bay area so I'm going up again. That is nuts. That's so soon. Are you but going you know to what? SF? No, I'm going to be staying in uh, downtown Oakland in London Square. <gasps> ah, Jack London Square. Yeah. Ah, right? Say hi. I know. How fun. I'm actually really, I'm really stoked because I've never like stayed in Oakland. I've always yeah. like, visited or whatever or gone there to party. Mm-hmm. But we have a hotel literally right at the london's what is it called jack london jack london square i think the hotel is called jack london square hotel if you're interested there is a vegan soul food restaurant right down there called solely vegan it's very good stuff is it yeah i mean for a vegetarian but it's interesting probably guarantee that we will not be attending the vegan (laughs) so good i miss it so much and chinatown is not that far if you guys want some good chinese food their chinatown is bomb okay yeah that's just like a shuttle ride up ah say hi to oakland i know i'm super excited that is so fun so you got your san francisco weekend and now you're getting your oakland weekend yep cute so yeah we will be skipping a week so she can get her oakland life yep i miss oakland cool uh well you guys please as always subscribe leave us a review follow us on instagram at mimosa sisterhood email us anything that is nice at mimosa sisterhood at gmail.com we did get some fan mail recently from the philippines again repping big repping big remember god we're so big in the philippines big in germany for some reason okay i just feel like that that is what that's how you know you're fucking cool you're like oh i'm big in germany or japan like germany or japan too for sure oh i'm big in germany and japan (laughs) basically all the axis powers (laughs) oh i love it all right guys all right until next time bye bye that fucking dog